have your lunch saroj yes. um first of all i would like to welcome you to the podcast welcome welcome you back to the podcast thank and you, thank uh, you. much Glad appreciated you taking the time out uh to have this very very interesting discussion um it's a very topical discussion i had a similar discussion not a similar discussion but a different aspect of the discussion with my brother yesterday mm-hmm. we were just talking about um you know the whole uh, uh reflection of this uh this conflict uh through the media and and how it's almost like a boy who cried wolf situation where exactly. this boy has been crying wolf for 20 years and there hasn't been a wolf uh a, 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 you know a, a dangerous wolf uh ever in this this boy's history exactly. so we were just discussing the conflict through that lens um not of course uh you know downplaying the actual tragedies in ukraine mm-hmm. of course that's not the point But I guess I guess one thing that came out of our discussion and I I would want to you know build off of that right now yes is essentially you know the fact that uh sometimes the 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 way you serve a discussion or serve a um um you know a movement mm-hmm. is by staying away from the movement yes right and an example that we gave was let's say if it was the a movement for the rights and liberation of women in the workplace and mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein joins that mm-hmm. yeah. it, it looks gonna, very callous it it's going to harm the movement more than even if he brings the whole bank mm-hmm. to the movement it's going to harm the movement more than he could imagine it it's going to help him right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Or, for him or... if he yeah for so for for him if he wants to really help you know this movement the best stay he away. can do is stay away from it right exactly. similarly we said that you know the best the united states and the likes can do because the because they bring with them a massive baggage of incompetence and lack of integrity mm-hmm. oh, built over the course of multiple years and decades mm-hmm. um so if they bring in their weightage and you know their moral policing into the story mm-hmm. it's going to harm the story even more than it could probably you know uh you know be benefited so Indeed. i think this is similar to what we were you know wanted to discuss in this podcast is essentially you know the the moral uh you know obligation or the moral policing that nato or or you know um you know the nato the or the likes of the, the, country, the west essentially the west essentially has um you know in this particular crisis Mm-hmm. and one thing you know i wanted to add before i can I, i'll give you the stage to mm-hmm. further elaborate on this is the chinese foreign minister or the, on mm-hmm. twitter i don't know if it's a foreign minister or the foreign ministry the guy who's like famous for you know bringing down the west through his tweets has been having a ball game ever mm-hmm. since this whole thing happened because he's been like i don't know stating facts i guess because like mm-hmm. number of countries invaded by us zero versus invaded by you guys you guys as in the united states yeah. and the and the conflicts caused you know mm-hmm. in the in in you know it has its own numbers so um with that what do you think is is essentially like how do you how do you explain this idea to someone who's like uh you know freedom lover here in the united states who who's you know one of those people who says like yeah we should go help ukraine and you know we should we should send our troops and what have you those hawks as we refer to them here in the united states the war hawks how yes. do you, the war how do you explain to them the idea of staying away from movement if they if they really want to basically if you love something you have to let it go kind of thing how exactly. would you how would you have it on that so uh as uh zebai you've seen my uh status on the whole situation uh yeah. the other day that i posted yep. that, you know uh and I, it's not just the united states it's in general uh, i mean this is where this whole concept of the drawing room experts kind of comes from right where yeah. everybody feels they're opinionated on sure. having 
a subject matter expertise on on this whole situation. It's, it's funny you mentioned this because last night I was at a Niaz, um, uh-huh. and for those of your uh, viewers that don't know what a Niaz is, it's basically a religious gathering and like a dinner that we have with you know friends and family. So and there, uh, one of my friends was explaining to another friend of mine the whole, you know, why the gas prices are going up and mm-hmm. how you know. And I know this is slightly off track, but this I'm going to bring it back. No, no, yeah, he, go was, ahead, go ahead. he was talking about how Biden, you know, had gone to the the OPEC nations and the Gulf Coast countries and said, literally begged them, please re- keep production of oil high. My, you know, like the midterms are coming up. We need this. Right. right. And then this uncle, uh, you know, I'm sure he meant well, but, you know, he's like a typical Daisy uncle. He's like, no, no, no. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong and this is not and it's you know that is quintessential uh, quintessentially describes what the issue here is right yeah where you have a bunch of people that keep talking about ukraine and about you know the russian uh invasion of ukraine and how putin's a bad guy i'm not saying i'm not gonna draw a inference on any of this this is you your own conclusion but my very first question would be i would like to pick up a map of eurasia and I would like to ask these people, show me on the map, where is Ukraine, where is Russia, where is Moscow, where is Kiev? Right. Let's start with that. <laughs> because I feel like most people don't even know where these things are. And, uh, you know, um, like you said, you know, if you really care, like, wh- why, why do you care? I mean, yes, it's a humanitarian crisis. There's uh, millions of humanitarian crises going on across the world. Yeah. Um, we have a honestly in the united states we have a humanitarian crisis happening at our southern border true and it has been happening you know uh people should look up uh what's going on with uh unaccompanied minors trying to um sneak across the uh, literally from guatemala all the way through central america into the united states for a better life and when i say unaccompanied minors i don't just mean someone who's under 18 i mean like we're talking kids as young as like eight or nine wow and they're like yeah. riding trains and there's there's a whole documentary on this uh and people can look uh this up so you have this crisis going on so why are you not talking about that are you not and the other thing is we need to step back uh, all of us mm-hmm. and look at first obviously i'd say look at the geopolitical situation of what is going on post-soviet uh, union right these are mm-hmm. two post-soviet states and they're not just post-Soviet states; they are the two of the largest post-Soviet states. And they uh, and uh, most people don't may not realize the history of uh, Ukraine. The Ukraine had um, Ukraine had uh, the third largest nuclear stockpile in 1991 when the Soviet Union collapsed. So it was and United that was states. and, and that that if if I'm not mistaken, that belonged to Russia, though, right? That was not no, no, no. Ukrainian the, these or... were. These were Soviet, Soviet, yeah, exactly. Union, but essentially, which, yeah, I think one mistake everyone's making on on that particular uh, angle of it is that they're suggesting that Ukraine gave up their nuclear. No, no, so it, it actually did. It did. Stuff. So that's the thing. That's the thing. But they it did. wasn't there, though. It wasn't. No, there. it was. It was. So it was. So it's like this, right? Let's take the example of the United States, right? So let's say there's a bunch of nuclear stockpiles in in Texas and uh and in California, huh. and in New York, right? Let's say the United States, for some reason, collapses, right? Right. right. Now you have the independent Republic of Texas. You have the Republic of California Republic. You have the Republic of State of New York. Let's say Texas has a bunch of nukes. Right. Right. They do not belong to California. They belong to Texas because that's where they were stockpiled. But they didn't have the keys. For example, if Russia had the... Oh, sorry. uh, If Texas had the keys to those nukes, then yes, that probably would have belonged to them. That that is true. belonged to Moscow. Well... Yes and no. So the way it was was it was technically theirs. So it was it was Ukraine's. But the thing was, it's like you know, you may have a car, but you don't have the key to that True. car, right? True. And exactly. Exactly. And I'm not debating like the ownership of the nukes at this point. What I'm suggesting is that mm-hmm. this whole glorification, uh, which is kind of, kind of like portrayed here, that Ukraine was so you know, magnanimous in their, uh, you know, approach to foreign policy that they gave up their their arms. 
Uh, the, uh, to me, like the way I look, Norway at, or, or something. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not. Uh, they're not some saintly state. Uh, to be honest with you, I think a better way of looking at it is how they were conned and hoodwinked by both Russia and the West. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the West first. I think. Yes. I think the one yeah, thing so, that I wanted to really focus on here is, is essentially the the decline of the NATO. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of NATO. First of all, the idea of NATO, and then the decline of the idea itself. Do you think this is the first time we're 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 seeing you know an indication of the decline of you know uh, of of this particular superpower group if, if you like, um, because I can give you instances in the recent past. I mean, the whole war in Afghanistan is is I would say a slap slap on their face or two. Mm-hmm. The whole Iraq thing was a was you know an embarrassment to them as well, and then we have a recent like we have the last president on record stating. Mm-hmm that he doesn't quote unquote understand this idea of United States protecting these other countries when we have problems at home. And honestly, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have, I have massive disagreements with, with Trump, but on this point I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, why do we have to be involved uh, from a NATO perspective? Like, why do we have to have this, uh, this discussion in the first place where this in itself, like in, in its core, that doesn't make any, you know, particular sense. So for us to uh, understand that, first we have to understand what is NATO and why it exists, right? Right. And again, I want to make it clear, I am not a subject matter expert on any of this. this the fact this. you're on this podcast, I think that's yeah. evidently clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think what well, we have to go back to the history of when NATO was created. It was created right. post-World War One or World War II, sorry. Right. Uh, and uh, basically at the fall of Berlin, uh, it was abundantly clear that uh, as the the fascists fell in Europe, fascism fell in Europe, the big showdown was going to be between the capitalist democracies of the West and the communist uh, socialist republics of the East. Basically, the two main superpowers that came out of that were the Soviet Union and the United States. True. And NATO was basically created to be a you know and like as we understand. Europe was completely decimated and was in rubbles after World War II. Right? Mm-hmm. They even now, if you go visit parts of Germany and you know France, you can they they still have areas where they have landmines that are active, and they still have you know you can find old you know remnants uh, of like battlefields and stuff. And there's actually like pictures you can see. So like Europe was completely in the ruins, and they real. Uh, they did not want to fall to communism. They did not want Russia to take over. So they made an alliance with the U.S. And that where the U.S. was this prosperous nation, which most people need to understand that the United States was the only Western power or actually the only major player in World War II to come out completely unscathed. True. The only thing they had to really deal with was uh, Pearl Harbor. That was probably yeah. the worst part that they had. But mainland United States never had to face any problems. bombings or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's because they're in the middle of there's uh, there's there was no way no one's coming to the yeah, U.S. That's physically impossible for the country yes. to. and uh, you know that is strategically you know territorially U.S. is in a very strategic point where they are located right so in order to protect uh, their european allies they formed nato right mm-hmm. to quote unquote stop the red scare uh, the red menace and the mask uh, to uh, stop moscow and the kremlin from you know invading now the problem is nato started inviting people uh you know nations left and right especially mm-hmm. post uh soviet union in 1991 when the soviet union collapsed uh you had a bunch of states uh that were formerly part of the eastern bloc uh and including, the Warsaw ukraine. Pact, including ukraine yes and russia had used the eastern uh eastern europe meaning poland east germany uh czechoslovakia hungary all these countries basically from the Soviet Union border to the um, Western, uh, what is considered the Western 
countries, which are like Switzerland, France, West Germany, uh, Spain, all these countries, that was supposed to be the buffer between them and the West. Mm-hmm. As these countries started joining, uh, getting you know autonomy from the Soviet power, they started joining up NATO. And the latest of them to want to join NATO is Ukraine. Ukraine borders Russia. True. Russia does not want hostile nations at its doorsteps. NATO right. is basically an extension of the United States. So if NATO, NATO if um, uh, if Ukraine joins uh, NATO, you're going to have... It's like having nation. a province of the United States right next exactly. to Russia. Exactly, or territory, yeah. Now, the thing with NATO that most people don't understand is NATO hasn't worked as great as you would like to. In, in theory, it's a great um, alliance uh, for the Western powers. But as we've seen in Iraq and even in Afghanistan and elsewhere, a lot of NATO countries are skeptic of, you know, wait, why is U.S. getting to tell everybody what to do? We yeah, don't exactly. want, uh, you know, like... To be pushed around. Very hesitant. They're very hesitant in in being involved in uh, recent exactly. conflicts exactly. for obvious reasons, of course. Exactly, and they definitely do not want to be involved in conflicts that involve Russia, and the reason for that is simply because Russia is in their backyard. Yeah. And they understand. They have to the brunt of it. Yes, the war is not coming to North America. If this, if there is a war, it will be in Eastern Europe, basically, and parts mm-hmm. of Western Europe. So these countries don't want to deal with that. And, you know, it's uh, I think the greatest example of this is France during the 2003 uh, Iraq invasion. France did not join the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you recall, but uh, George Bush and his administration, they went on uh, record calling the French traitors. And I remember in U.S. they were going to start calling French fries freedom fries, you know, and this other ridiculousness that... You know, because, God. yeah, exactly, right? But Embarrassing. It, it is. Uh, but the problem with the NATO pact, the way it works is, if I get in a fight, we all get in a fight. It's a gang. It's literally yeah, a it's gang, a gang, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you go after one of our boys, we're all going to come after you. Yeah. Essentially, and, that's, what, yeah. that's what it is. Now, to your second point, uh, I do feel that this is the decline of the Pax Americana. Yeah. The American peace. Uh, this is the end of end of the rope, and uh, you know, if we if we if we if we believe it actually existed, exactly. I mean, we can say that since 1945, U.S. and uh, the Soviet Union were the two major superpowers, and yes, in a way, because the Soviet Union collapsed, that uh, United States won the Cold World War, quote unquote. I don't know right. if, how do you win a war that was never fought. <laughs> but um, having said that, it's like every empire, the U.S. is also collapsing, right? And I think the best way, uh, and this is not to galvanize the U.S. or China or uh, Russia, but um, if you look in the wild, you know, when you have an older lion, mm. when a younger lion comes into its territory, it starts challenging the older lion. It does, yeah. And that's kind of what's happening with the U.S. now, where Russia is back on its feet. Uh, China's uh, a growing economy. India's a growing economy. And these countries, and even Europe, they like um, they are realizing uh, that, you know, wait, why are we listening to the U.S.? And U.S. is losing its grip over the, um, the world, basically. True. And... You know, uh, while this was happening in Ukraine, uh, the the Ukraine-Russian war the was happening. What I I don't know if you realize, and if your listeners realize, uh, nine uh, Chinese jets flew over Taiwan. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So that's uh, if you want. There's to that. Of, there's a, yeah. There's that. You know, happening as well. I mean, one thing that has always like. Um, um, you know, interests me in 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 what's going on right now is essentially the wisdom wisdom of of why it's why this is taking place and why this is happening. If you know people like ourselves, if we can 
mm-hmm. see the writing on the wall and i'm sure a lot of the us intellectuals or um you know think tanks have been seeing this writing on the wall that they don't have the same level of moral authority or the same level of uh you know dominance over the world as they did maybe mm-hmm. before the afghanistan war right mm-hmm. um and the whole the, the fact that the afghan war was a massive failure is uh, you know as indication of that in itself that you know you guys don't have enough uh leeway or say uh, i mean coming from a pakistani perspective i couldn't have imagined growing up you know in the musharraf era mm-hmm. or the ppp era late 20 like in the first uh decade of the 21st century that you know pakistan world really separates itself mm-hmm. from the united states and mm-hmm. now we are at the stage where Biden becomes president and hasn't even had a chat with the Pakistani prime minister. Mm-hmm. And we have the Pakistani prime minister visiting Russia in the middle of I do want to talk about that. Um I thought you that was hilarious. That? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh Imran Khan, you know, he's in Russia right when in the thick of it basically cutting the it. ribbons to the World War 3 essentially. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but essentially i mean you, you i mean these are huge uh, things these are huge events where i mean someone like me i couldn't have imagined that this would probably be at a stage where um, pakistan is almost kind of like breaking it's breaking from the shackles of the united states influence and now you might argue that they're going into someone else's shackles mm-hmm. i.e china or what have you right mm-hmm. but that's another thing but but that in itself is a huge indication of of the writing on the wall as i was referring to in the words of bob dylan th- in the yeah, words of exactly. bob dylan times are a changing times are a changing exactly yeah. so i mean how does then this happen like how do we get find ourselves in this place where the writing on the wall couldn't be you know bolder but then united states still finds itself in this in this mess which would essentially wreck its economy and biden for him to know that for him to survive the first uh, term he needs to make sure that these prices come down and the inflation goes down as well i mean this is not some this is not rocket science at all i mean this this is something that this is one on one you know uh surviving the first term exactly. why is he involving why why is he you know uh, engulfing himself into this this mess when at the same point i supported him when he decided to get out of afghanistan because it was it was a wise decision from an american perspective where they said you know what this is this is uh a failed thing it's not working anymore we're dumping money for no return at all so just let's just let's just get the hell out of here and concentrate on our own mess uh you know um essentially what we have in the us mm-hmm. but then literally a few months later now we are at the stage why do you think this is this is happening is it just purely because of the military industrial complex who just wants to make money and then all of that stuff that happens when we you know the that discussion goes around left and right that you know people are just out there to make money out of war or do we are we missing a certain wisdom from this that even we can't you know uh, in our so, sane minds comprehend so let's let's go into the mind of the 46th president of the united states for a second right shall we right right joseph r biden there's a lot of webs elected. in the mind by the way yeah yeah a lot of webs <laughs> i mean And the skeletons. guy does have a starting yeah a lot of uh a lot of skeletons he got elected in 1972 as the senator from uh, from Delaware Delaware 1972 yeah. we're in 2022 the man has literally 50 years of political experience half a century wow half a century we're talking right when a right at the height of the cold war this is before nixon went to china Nixon went to yep. China in 73. So this yep. is we're talking literally you know this guy saw the the thick of the Vietnam war he saw the collapse of uh of the Soviet Union he saw the rise of neo uh, neoconservatism in the United States the rise he of He could write a book. He could write a history book essentially. He could he, been... from his experience, yeah. Yeah. just from his like first account like yeah. first hand experience in Canada history yes his struggles shall his we call struggles. it there you go <laughs> yes so the thing is and he is a old school politician and statesman right he the, 
and I think that is part of the problem, right? You're dealing with a man who was in his late 70s, mm-hmm. who, again, has wealth of political wisdom and experience. But and I'm not praising him. But thing is, he's out of touch completely with the modern world. He still thinks we're operating with U.S. as the, you know, the savior of the world. Right? And... The, but then how do you marry that with the Afghanistan pullout? How do you marry that with that? Well, uh, to them, it's a success. We got a, uh, we got bin Laden. Yeah, but that wasn't that and, perceived to be kind of like a progressive thing, like a progressive agenda of getting out of Afghanistan. Like Bernie has been on it for ages, right? Yes. So it no, kind but, of like it perceived as, you know, this, 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 this progressive, uh, you know, thing to do. As opposed to what you're describing that Biden is, is essentially like a, a Democrat from the 50s or 60s. So that that's the problem, right? Like that you're dealing with a dichotomy, right? right. Like there's a reality on the ground and then there's what the president wants to hear, right? And one thing we need to understand, these guys are living in echo chambers. Mm-hmm. The president is, in my opinion, in, in, in an echo chamber because, yes the writing is clear on the wall right why do they keep doing this and the other thing is it's public opinion there is bipartisan support for the u.s to intervene on behalf of ukraine oh yeah there is there is there 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 is a lot even 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 if they know the consequences of that i mean if they do intervene the whatever you're seeing uh off the gas prices right now that's just the start of it then right I mean, you know, the war propaganda. I mean, turn on Fox News, turn on uh, MSNBC, CNN. But isn't, like, I saw, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. But, I mean, one of the things that I'm noticing now is that Fox News and the quote-unquote intellectuals that go on there are almost kind of like arguing Vladimir Putin's point. Like, they're almost, for them, they're in a... in a rock and a hard place because the if they back Biden, then they they go against their core of not backing Biden. But then if they go against him, they're backing Russia Putin and Russia. So that's is, also, again, by the good, way, that good, that also kind of play. So for the Biden administration and the U.S., it kind of also plays into you know trying to get back at Russia for the 2016 election and the Russian yeah, inter- yeah. intervention. Now, do I think that the U.S. is going to put boots on the ground? Absolutely not. There will be no boots on the ground. But what we're going to see is, as, and we're already seeing it, you know, sanction against the Russian uh, administration, members of the Russian administration, and their uh, top brass of their military. and which they, are, which they are reading as uh, acts of war, by the way. Mm-hmm. Of course as they are. Described by them. Yeah. And I mean, technically speaking, that is that is a war. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not right. physical, but like, what is war? War is to bring your enemies to their uh, knees. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, and what may end up happening is, and they, and I think Washington needs to decide very soon uh, that if they're going to do this or not. But they're going to start sending military aid to Ukraine to bolster the Ukrainian military in uh, fending itself against the Russian invasion. Now, the thing is, if they don't do that soon, I believe that Kiev will fall very soon. Yeah, yeah, and I think so, once too. once Kiev falls, the two options you have is either you're going to have a puppet regime in uh, in Ukraine, or you're going to have all of Ukraine annexed by Russia. And a lot of Russians do not believe that Ukraine should be independent. Oh, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. Um... Like fast forward five years from now, mm-hmm. where do you see, like how how do you see life progressing as normal then? Like what's the normal then? What would be the normal post? Whatever's gonna happen in Ukraine right now, whatever's happening, are we going to see uh, NATO and America kind of like adjust themselves to the new normal, like they did with Afghanistan and the Taliban government, like they're adjusting themselves with the new normal, or do you feel like? there will be some sort of a fight back and you know things might it's going to be a 50 50 affair where part of normal what the united states wants is going to stay there and part of normal what russia wants is going to be there too 
I can actually see that Ukraine might split into two. Okay. Quite possible. Like okay. the eastern portions go go to Russia and the western portion go to the U. Uh, I mean, I don't uh, uh, see Ukraine joining NATO anytime soon or the EU. I don't see that being the the reality. Um, I I feel like there's going to be a lot of pushback um, from the um, the from Putin and company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I honestly, it's going to be kind of hard to predict that what what may end up happening because there's so many factors right now, right? And right, we forget COVID is still around. Yeah, that's and the news. Yeah, it, it's still news. I mean, you might—I mean, you're asking me what might happen five years ago. We might be on the the uh, variant at that point. I know exactly the umpteen variant on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because, uh, we, I think we're going to run out of Greek alphabets. We're going to be going into Arabic alphabets at that point. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a very dwell way courtesy about this mm-hmm. whole thing. Is um, uh, I saw a poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, the question was, if Russia would have given, like, if the United States and NATO would have given Russia enough, uh, you know, comfort around Ukraine not joining NATO mm-hmm. or EU, mm-hmm. would Russia still have done what they've done? Yes. How would you? Oh, they would still have done it, regardless of they were joining NATO or not. By example, Putin is exactly what Hitler did in 1939, okay. 1930s, when he came into power. I am trying to combine the Germanic people. That's what Hitler's claim to fame was. Mm-hmm. That's why he invaded all these countries. If you look at it, where is Putin invading? The Slavic Russian people. Mm-hmm. He's trying to unify the great, uh, and it's he's even said it, the Holy Rus. The Holy Russia. He wants to re- reunify the Russian people. And so I think he would have still invaded. Um, I think that's been his plan, at least since 2014. He was just ba- biding time. And mm-hmm. the thing is, he realized, you know, Brexit happened. He realized, you know, the Afghanistan war and the failures in Iraq. He saw a major fraction, a fracture within uh, the U.S. Uh, internally and self-imposed, by the way. Yes, yeah, self-imposed, and all he's done is he's just exploited those uh, visions within the uh, the U.S. and the West. He sees that they're not all aligned, and he's taken advantage of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can tell you this: in two years, there's a very likelihood that. Uh, Donald Trump comes back as the 47th president. Yeah, it's not far from reality. I mean, it's at this point, anything. anything's possible. I mean, yeah. especially with this whole thing happening, mm-hmm. that's even, you know, that's going to push people even more towards the side of Trump because um, he had argued this America first, you know, yeah. make America great again kind of but, thing. And mm-hmm. the more Biden kind of pushes towards like an involvement overseas, Mm-hmm. Even if it's like through uh, sanctions, which eventually ends up hurting themselves, mm-hmm. he's going to put in, put a lot of that in, you know impetus on the people to actually look other like outwards and exactly and that's and essentially that's, just destroy this whole uh, destroy this whole um, you know this is a, movement. a a death spiral basically yeah and is this is obviously this is uh, to be honest with you, this is not a progressive this is a neoliberalist movement. Oh, true, true, true. This of, is not a globalism, this, this, this globalist hegemony, right? This is the end of the the world order as we know it. Mm-hmm. And and this is obviously a joke. This all started because they shot that damn gorilla. They didn't <laughs> kill Harambe. This is yeah, the Harambe's revenge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can argue, yes, yes. A lot of a lot of things turned up upside down after that happened. Um, but yeah, how do you how do you react to the um? these parallels that you know media draws every time you know when it was trump it was like trump is the hitler and you know trump's the new hitler and all of that and now putin is the hitler how do you do you see these word plays happening do you think that a lot of the times they are just 
you know, exaggerations because they just want to make one party look extremely evil? Or do you feel like there's there's weightage in that? You just described what, what Hitler did in the 1930s to or to compare that to what Putin is trying to do. Do you feel like that's do you feel like the parallels kind of make sense or you, you do you consider Putin as a Hitler 2.0 or something like that? All I'm gonna say is shame on the on the on the mass media. Shame on media. They're war hawks, they're disingenuous, they're disgusting. They're the scum of the earth, in my opinion. You True. just turn you just read any article read any newspaper the way they're portraying this war like it's like you know it's it's disgusting it's what they're doing they're literally the ul the military industrial complex's mouthpiece true they're this is worse than what they were doing during the iraq war and the 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 Afghan war and and the worst part is that there are people and sadly a huge majority of them still falling for it they are they are because there's no skeptical is... look at like hey you know what okay i see what's happening in russia and and ukraine but dude because you're pushing this so much this is giving me you know because like mm-hmm. like my reaction when when this all happened i still have no particular opinion on what i mean the whole thing right or wrong is probably another debate like right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the whole narrative that's been been shoved down my throat mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. i am already kind of like you know, wary of this. I'm like, dude, come exactly. on, guys. This the same the same messenger who's giving me this news mm-hmm. has had a history of you know wrong messages delivered or incorrect information being. So of course, I'm bound to at least take a minute to absorb this. People not even doing that. People, the moment you take a minute, that reminds me of whatever happened uh, post 9/11, where the moment you took a minute to just rationalize things, they were on you. They were like. So you mean like Afghanistan is right and US is wrong? So you're anti-national? What, dude? I'm just, I'm just like, just take a breather. Not everything has to be anti-national or uh, you know anti-US. Exactly. So if anyone's trying to like digest and uh, you know really comprehend what's going on, they're automatically in Russia's camp, yes. right? And anyone who's not doing that is the good guy, and he's like supporting the the truth and you know the poor people exactly uh, and getting it. It's ridiculous. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. The problem with all this is you're dealing with a populace that has been systematically dumbed down for the last 50 plus years. Um, I mean, yeah, you have a young daughter who's going to be starting grade school soon. True. And you're going to you're going to get first hand experience. You can, you know, like Ali Bhai, we have talked with him. He has kids um, and, you know, these kids going to school. Um, there, the American education system has completely gone down the drain. Um, there is no critical thinking. There is no self-reflection. There is no uh, questioning of the authority. And you know these are important. And to be honest with you, these are supposed to be the hallmarks of a democracy. Yeah. Where you're supposed to question what the the government is saying to you. You're not supposed to just take it. Uh, as wholehearted truth and unfortunately we live in an era of fake news uh you know this uh the ghost of kiev uh pilot that they were all talking about how he mm-hmm. shot down six russian migs turns out it was fake <laughs> it was all hoax and there's a snoops article on it proving that it's fake but, but that's your per se, essentially. That, uh, yeah. People have already believed it and they've moved on to the next thing, believing the next thing. Exactly. So that ship of analyzing information and, and seeing what's right and what's wrong has sailed. Well, and I see a lot of like people who I f- like to think, think like me or have their hearts in the right place already putting in caveats whenever they're describing what's happening happening in mm. in, in Ukraine, already putting in caveats saying that the the coverage of the media in ukraine is insane uh, is insane and rightly so in parentheses so they're saying that yeah, they're doing the right thing but then they shed light on other you know the hypocrisy of the media essentially for not covering what's happening in syria mm-hmm. or uh yemen or iraq uh, with the same i mean i just saw someone on cnn i don't know if you've seen that video mm-hmm. describing uh 
Ukraine, Ukraine and Kiev as more civilized than Iraq and Afghanistan. And so he was trying to say what, what he was trying to say was that, you know, these people aren't used to like war and conflicts like, you know, people of Iraq and Afghanistan were. So you can say that they're more civilized and uh, yeah, that's racist. And uh, that's to be honest. And he, was, you, so I'll, and he said, and he said, I'm trying to find the right words so that it's, so if that's, that's you trying to find the right words, then I, I'm interested in what you going, you know, saying exactly. whatever then you're at. So racist like that. Exactly. They're and racist. Then and, and it's Bulgarian um, prime minister. I don't know if you've seen his, his, his statement. I he said, not. he said, um, that you know when when he was asked that if people are to leave ukraine and migrate and to all in you know, all parts of europe will you ex- be expect you will, will you be accepting you know you know the war refugees so he was like yeah of course these are you know educated people you know the the you know the the refugee wave that happened a few years ago we you know sad to say that wasn't the case then but right now these are like it experts these are educated people of course we'll accept them so, that's yeah, of that's course, what like, it is, right? It's 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 the war West versus Islam, right? Like that's uh, part of the problem, and it, it's um again the other, uh, going back to the main what I think is part of the biggest part of the problem. And to be honest with you, these pundits in the media they're exactly the same in, in yeah. that regards. It's do you even know where Ukraine is on the map? That's my question to any of these people. Okay, like, and that's what it is, right? Like, they don't know jack shit. Excuse my language, but they don't know jack. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you, most of these people don't realize that 1991, when the Soviet Union was collapsing, all the world, uh, all of the world's cameras were on the Kremlin, and everybody was praying that Boris Yeltsin doesn't get killed. <laughs> because these same people, these educated white Eastern European people. By the way, there's massive racism against Eastern Europeans in Europe. What True. A lot of people don't realize. But remember, they're a shade uh, lighter than us, so they're yeah. now, you know, included. But um, of course, yeah, yeah. They were on the brink of a civil war. Uh, you want to talk about educated uh, white people and not being used to Eastern Europe, not being used to plagued with war? 1990s, uh, the Kosovo War, the the Bosnian uh, genocide Bosnia, yeah. That happened. Yeah, that wasn't Muslims. Yeah. That was uh, Serbians, Slavic people, who committed that genocide against the Bosnian people. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and so it's it's just whitewashing of history. Yeah, it's whitewashing. Yeah. Pun intended. It's whitewashing of, of history. Yeah. It's it's racism. It's xenophobia. It's um, and you know, to be honest with you, the problem is. The West thinks it has. It is even though they have no moral high ground, they still foolishly believe that they are the moral authority of the world. I think fifty years ago, even then, they weren't. But at that time, people didn't have the audacity to call them out on that. But right exactly. now, I feel like every country in this world, be it like a weak country or a or, or a powerful one. For whatever they do, they at least will have to admit that, yeah, US, you guys don't have like, let's just sit this one out for you guys. You know, you have no authority. Take a break. Yeah, take a break. Take a break from, yeah, take a a break from everything. Focus on your midterms and, you know, Mm -hmm. let's just have all the other people handle this for once. Exactly. And uh, I mean, as a Pakistani, this is what I'm going to say. Thank you, Dr. A.Q. Khan. Thank you, Dr. A.Q. Khan, for. Giving us the nukes because we would have been Ukraine. True, true. I mean, yeah, the Indian troops would be that. walking in Islamabad. That the, exactly. I mean, the whole idea of uh, deterring war. I mean, of course, you know, having nukes does you know put put us in that position where we are able to deter a lot of these basically walk-in uh, invasions, mm-hmm. as Russia is doing. It's like a, mm-hmm. pretty much a walk-in invasion for them. Um, anyway, so uh, great discussion again. Always so a pleasure. Really yes. I hope I helped you finish and digest your biryani. Is that, yes, are you, uh, biryani? you did. Thank you. Is, yes, is you that did. A, is that a is that a homemade biryani or what? what is no, it? no, no. It's um. There's a local restaurant here called Tarka, and their lamb is halal. So just grab uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, when you come to Austin, you'll realize there's a lot of partial halal places. So that's good. It's it's uh, slim pickings, but. 
we take what we can. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Again, really appreciate it, man, your time. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a few more things that I want to discuss with you. Hopefully, yeah. inshallah, we'll find some time to inshallah, um, yes. you know, have that discussion. But as always, really appreciate your time, man. Yes, and we need to bring Ali Bhai and talk oh, about yeah, the Ali. aliens of Quran. Yeah, aliens of the Quran. That's true. Yes. That's true. We need to have a sci-fi episode on that. Yes, sure. yes, we do. Yes, we do. And uh, and on that note, th- that's how I want to end it. Like, you know how we can talk about Star Wars, like Kenobi's coming up, you know, mm-hmm. and on Disney Plus, and then you know Marvel. That's the way people are discussing Ukraine and Russia. True. True. And that's that's terrifying to me. That's terrifying. Yeah. That this is not fan fiction. This is not the Clone Wars. Okay, this is a real life war where you have real life flesh people. and blood yeah yeah yes. exactly actual human beings and you know it, it's it's really sad and I, I really do hope people you know step back and you know understand that what they're talking about like just like the u.s needs to take a break yeah. from you know not being involved in everything i think we uh, we the people need to take a break and not uh uh, expressing our opinions on every matter. It's okay yeah, if you don't know. The... Yes, exactly. I mean, the thing is, um, especially when you have an influence, right? Mm, like when indeed. you, when you, whatever you say is believed by people, I, aka exactly. the media. Exactly. I mean, like you said, you, if if you can't really point Ukraine out on a map, then it's a good indication that you should probably take a backseat. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think they even did a Pew Research poll. It might not be Pew, but they did a research poll where they found more people that wanted the U.S. to intervene in Ukraine, uh, Russia issue, did not know where Ukraine was. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So, there, I was mean, a, I, there was I, <laughs> there was another even, research that 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 still thinks Agrabah is a real place. Yeah, and you I know, know if you saw that. I, I have, I have. Uh, and uh, you know Gary Johnson, the former libertarian candidate for the U.S. presidency in 2016, I believe it was, or 2000, 2012, forget which one. But anyways, this guy they asked him uh, what's his take on Aleppo, and it, his response was, "What is Aleppo?" <laughs> yes, I saw that. Yep, yep. Wow. And you know that that's the reality. These people want to run for political office. One thing I can say with as much as I disagree with the current administration on virtually everything that they stand for, especially their mm-hmm. uh, domestic policy and their mm-hmm. failure to address uh, the crises at hand, I will say that we are in, in somewhat, some ways blessed that we have someone like Biden, who is an expert on foreign policy, who was a former uh, chair for uh, Council on Foreign Relations, within the Senate and is a subject matter expert on Russia and on the um, the Middle East and Central Asia at the helm at this moment, right? Like, imagine if Trump was in office right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a low bar, but yes, you're right. <laughs> that's... It's a low bar, but it's it's the reality. And not even Trump. What if, you know, someone like um, Ron DeSantis of Florida was in the White yeah. House. Or even or, Bush for that matter. Bush wasn't Bush, like yeah. the smartest guy in the... Yeah, you know, he was an idiot. Yeah. And, and you know... Wandered into the White House, essentially. I mean, he did. I mean... For th- that's years, the thing, right? It's, it's, it's basically a popularity contest. This is a popularity contest. Popularity, yeah. It's a pageant. Right? That's what it is. Because, you know, like... They should, they should call it the presidential pageant. That's it. It is, it is. Because the way I look at it, and, and I know this is kind of dragging in, uh, but... And this is my last thought on this, but... I ask people, like, if you want to understand why Trump won in 2016 instead of Hillary, is if you were at a bar, who would you want to go drink with? Or for Muslims, who would you want to have if you were having, like, a a hookah session? Who would you want there? Would you want Hillary or would you want Trump? Who do you think would be more fun? You want the entertainer guy. You want to have the entertainer guy in the guy session. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. That's true. I mean, this is why Imran Khan, to be honest with you, and again, nothing against the the captain, but the old skipper. But uh, the reason he won 
partially was it's popularity, because yeah it's it was popularity he, concept, yeah, yeah he was a famous cricketer he's and the other thing is he can actually articulate a sentence unlike a lot of these other politicians exactly you and my last podcast i made impromptu gaadi mein baithke record kari thi it was a response to that as well because uh i read on twitter pe padha tha ki people were feeling like embarrassed embarrassed by the fact that imran khan found himself in moscow during this whole world war 3 kind of scenario happening mm-hmm. and i was like my reaction to that was are, are you kidding me are you really embarrassed now i think the embarrassment ship has sailed we when you've had like leaders reading off a piece of pieces of paper in front of presidents of the united states and still that not like ki managing best, to get your thought across is ki best example here ki if you ever have seen the movie it's a tom hanks movie called charlie wilson's war oh i have it's seen that one s- yes yeah yes yes om puri plays uh, general zia yeah 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 and there's a scene in there where general zia is talking to charlie wilson to uh, congressman wilson and saying the foreign aid that pakistan is supposed to receive from the us is pakistan's right wow so he's calling an aid but then also right awesome yes awesome. so what he's basically agar urdu mein isko translate kare तुम्हें हमें हमें भीख देना तुम्हारा हमारा हक है कि तुम हमें भीख दो ये हमारा हक है दैट्स द प्रेसिडेंट ऑफ पाकिस्तान द चीफ ऑफ द आर्मी स्टाफ इज सेइंग दैट सो ही इज द ही इज द मोस्ट इंटेलेक्चुअल गाय इन टू इंस्टीट्यूशंस द पॉलिटिकल इंस्टीट्यूशन एंड आल्सो द आर्मी इंस्टीट्यूशन आर्ग्युबली एंड दैट्स दैट्स द लेवल दैट्स एंड बाय द वे आई एम जस्ट गोइंग टू डू माय शेमलेस प्लग uh i have been able to get in touch with uh, sajad haider saab of uh fight of the falcon fame oh nice yes yeah so i think I, we briefly talked about that so yes inshallah yes. in march let's have him on yeah let's yeah, have him on i'm going to try to see if we awful. can pr- bring him on it would be great to have him talk and you know like speaking great. of first first hand historical experiences yes. that's that one guy you want to hear from yeah he was there through all of this true true and he was uh, an attache to bhutto so you know so having Raz someone would be, a, would be an awesome person to actually you know mediate that yeah dig dig a lot of that out from him yeah 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 i mean i would lo- like let me uh, figure out what i can do with this and then i'll reach out to you and faraz bhai and then you know yeah you know, yeah absolutely it. i'm down i'm down for that that would be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome yeah Thank you again cool, for having me. It's it's yeah, always a pleasure. For, thank, yeah, I know. Thanks for coming on and let's just make sure that we keep this going and uh, yes, we find yes. more time. I know you have your milad happening next weekend and uh, yeah. good luck with that and thank you, thank good you. luck with your new house. Congratulations you. one more time. Thank you, know, you so much. Yeah, I can pay a visit sometime soon in the future. Shala, you have a room ready for you guys. Thank you, man. I much appreciate it. <laughs> thanks. Of course. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.